There's a million things we have to do today, and worrying doesn't need to be one of them. That's why one in nine families use Life360 for safety, to connect to the people that matter most. Join today and get premium features that keep your family protected with real-time location updates, crash detection, and 24-7 roadside assistance. Because let's face it, you're more than just your to-do list, you're a family. So let's live life 360. Download for free today. King Louis, the 14th of France, has returned to his palace of Saint-Germain, and the sleepy little town has reassumed its scholar aspect. The sun shines with added brightness, and the palace gardens bloom anew with the shining satins and rich velvets of courtiers and the gay uniforms of royal musketeers. Here, after his long absence in Lille, his most Christian majesty, Louis of France, is holding court, and there are few of importance in the realm not to be found at this gay gathering. Joel is not there, for the dark, forbidding walls of the Bastille hide him from the world of fashion, and the gentle Maria Theresa, rightful queen of France, sits lonely and friendless in her own apartment. But the Duke of Almada is in evidence, and his friend Boilarier, Monsieur de la Reine, grave and absorbed in the course of justice, Francoise d'Aubigne, the new Marchioness de Tougère, and elegant in the sunshine, Monsieur Ecrivo, the musketeer, is talking with a group of friends. And with a splendid thrust in the chest, the young brave finished the duel. The braggart lay upon the green turf. Our corporal de Breguet was no more. He was a giant, you say? Oh, such a man as the gods might love. A veritable tower of strength. With a great sword such as our father used. And of a size no ordinary mortal could wield with him. And what has become of this limb of a fiend? Alas, he's under lock and key, they tell me. Oh, so he's human after all. I warrant I was beginning to wonder, after your poetical description, my friend. Are they going to try him? I took some trouble over the inquiries, but it has got me nowhere. I, uh, I don't know. Oh, my friend, my friend, you're losing your art, I vow. Was the time no secret was safe from Master Equivale once he'd made up his mind to discover it? You do be then just as comrade. In truth, I liked the Breton very much, and my heart was so heavy that he should have been taken for such a fight as that. I made it my business to discover what did happen. Yet you still don't know? Oh, I, I do not know, monsieur, because even the Lord Lieutenant does not know. Oh, they cannot try our Breton because they have no proofies of noble blood, as he pretends. To all intents, he is really Monsieur Joel of Lockwarie. Impossible. Come, my friend. If that lad fought as you would have us believe, he can be no commoner. If my friend Eric Coeur or Gas were here, they'd bear me out, I warrant you. Oh, it was such a question. Then there can be no doubt as to his blood, Ecuador. No commoner could know such secrets of fencing as would kill a royal musketeer. And with the thrust of Porthos that you mentioned. Why, that is a thrust part done from one generation to another. No ordinary man could learn of it. My friends, it is not I who question the Breton's noble birth, but Monsieur de la Reine, who being a gentleman of law, needs proof. If I had my way, I'd send him home to plant his cabbages and cut them with his huge sword. 
that he seems to have fought as a gentleman and a brave man. <laughs> I vouch for that. The swordsman never thought a duelist dishonored for having broken the law. The dishonor would have been in his not accepting the challenge. Yes, he killed your corporal. Oh, gentlemen, to tell the truth, this debrague was not prepossessing. A coper who drank when not dicing and wrangled without cause. Still, his majesty is angry that his edicts are being disobeyed since he renewed them. And I tell you, my captain had hard work to pluck from under the royal hand. We four who acted as seconds for the fight. But he has pardoned you, as far as life goes. But we will step out of the household troops uniform and join the active army. Ah, dear. This is my last appearance at so gay a gathering. My next social appointment is with Ford and Cannonball. Uh, but how was this Breton discovered? I take it to second gave no information. Upon my sword, we did not. It was the giant's own fault. Truly, he's not a size to be seen and forgotten, and he acted without caution. <laughs> Has the strong man scorned for skulking? I doubt he could hide if he wanted to. There's too much of him. Surely, such a fighter as this Breton would have been more useful at the front with you and Ericor than in the Bastille. Ah, but you cannot expect crowned heads to have logic like that in them, my friend. Nay, I fear me our hero will be wasted in prison or the galleys, unless they shoot or hang him. In that case, he had better be done for at once. For upon my sword, though I've never clapped eyes on him, I am beginning to like him. And I do not like my friends to suffer. Join the company, my lord. In good time, Valerie, when there is company worth joining. <sighs> Peaceful up here on the terrace, my lord. One can look out over the whole assembly, see all who are here. It is a pity we cannot see the one face we are seeking. Yes, my lord. Hey, there is a thing I cannot easily forgive, Valerie. It is not often I do not gain my way once I have set my heart upon it. And it irks me that a young and friendless girl should defy me in this manner. Alas, my lord, all our pack of fruit hounds have been sent to field. The best of Dawn Blake. My man, Esther Van, the most cunning knave that ever was, the rascal calling himself Captain Cudsworth, has announced a cut to seek revenge for. Even De Grey, the police spy, he, like all the others, has been bucked, baffled, and foiled to the top of his skill. Ah! Has Your Excellency reflected on this point? That Madame de la Bassetier, if I am to believe the reports of my spies, frets not a bit over her young kinswoman's disappearance. From this, I imagine the old dame is not ignorant of where she has. You may be right. Has not my lord thought to get information from her? I am not a fool, Valerier. But the old woman is practically in her dotage, and one gets no sense from her. Her old serving woman is equally impenetrable. Those things go on. In the entire universe, there is but one incorruptible chamberwoman, and luck falls so that she is across our path. Where can the child be hiding, Valerier? She is but a child, an orphan, friendless, a stranger, here in Paris, while you and I know it better than the corridors of our childhood homes. Where can she be? Is it possible that she is no longer in Paris? Perhaps she has returned home. To Anjou, I have sent messengers where she's not to be seen. So we are foiled, my friend, by a young and inexperienced female. And here we stand, you and I, on the terrace of Saint-Germain, with all the nobility of France milling round in the garden below us. 
But the one face we needed absent vanished like a puff of smoke against the sky. Then we must throw down our car. The winning one is not amongst them. Oh, my friend, you are no card player. The winning card is not in our hand, but we can substitute another. I do not conceal that this loss puts me in a terrible turmoil, but I am far from beaten. Oh, what that I could lay hands upon that interfering Breton. Had he not clattered down the route, he missed at such an inopportune moment, we need not have been in this trouble. But has not this youth also disappeared? Ah, proof the pair have gone off together. Young love, it is the most inconvenient and unpredictable of foibles. A fire that destroys the sane logic of man's life. But this time, Valeria, it has gone too far. These children have stood between me and my goal. They have thrown themselves across the path of the Duke of Almada, and that Valerie is equal to signing their death warrant. There is no corner in France which they shall safely hide. No, my lord. But what of the substitute you must find for Mademoiselle de Tremblay? Uh, yes, yes, that is a matter for the present. Uh, gossip says his majesty has returned in poor humor with the marchioness. Gossip also has it the marchioness has sent to the room to defeat such a humor. She still has much influence with the king there, my lord. And more power than suits our purpose. A plague on the Breton. This is the moment when the king is at odds with the Montespan. And we are not in a position to take advantage of it. What has put the king in such a humor? Some say it is because of advice she gave him which has curdled in the practice of it. Others say it is worry over the insurrection of Duke Charles the Ray. Then there is the queen's health. I have been speaking with one of her physicians. And he is truly worried over her continued indisposition. It was because of this his majesty returned so soon. I believe he is fond of her, though he shows his affection in strange ways. All this but proves to me that the moment is upon us to act and we are not ready. Though his mind in such a froth over so many things, a fresh and pretty face would prove a welcome distraction. But, my lord, even with Mademoiselle de Tremblay in our custody, if his majesty is in so grim a mood, Louis of France is no friend of ours, my lord. We would be constrained to tread most carefully. Uh, you do me an injustice, Boilarier. Louis of France may hate with all his passions Aramis the Musketeer or the Bishop of Zan, whom I once was. He will not readily forget the part I played with Porthos by my side in dethroning him. Nor the terms you and your comrades once extorted from his mother, Anne of Austria. But the Duke of Almada, my dear Boilarier, is quite another person. I represent the Sovereign Lord of Spain. Ah, if only I had the girl. But uh, what is going on yonder? Why is that flocking to one spot? Has the king come forth? It is not yet time for Louis. I cannot see. Ah, yes. It is the Marchioness de Montespan making an entrance. Arriving but a few minutes before his majesty. Surrounded by her admirers. Oh, my lord, she is a formidable enemy. But one I shall vanquish despite all obstacles. Oh, how strange is life, Valerie. Alone in her room sits Queen Maria Theresa. But the gilded throng surround the Marchioness. His Majesty is not with her? No. There are but two ladies by her side. Only two? How modest her requirements this morning are true. There must be some scheme spinning in her brain. Who are they? One is the royal governess, she whom the king has rewarded with the rank of Marchioness de Chouger. The other... Oh, one of her sisters, I expect. 
My lord, I'm... I'm laboring under a delusion. What ails you now? What is the matter? No. No, not here. I get that step. Those features. What ague is this that sets you stuttering? What do you see? My lord, look. See for yourself. With the marchioness. It is the girl whom we believe buried in the bowels of the earth. She who escaped all our searches. Mademoiselle du Tremblay. (laughs) 